You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 43. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany, and I'm your host. And if this is your first time listening to the, ep- to the podcast, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 43rd time, welcome back. I'm happy to have you and very grateful to have you as a listener. So just a few announcements before we get started. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com. And there is also going to be a listener survey in the show notes. So if you have the opportunity, please go to howdoesshedoitpodcast.com, look at the very top and you will see the listener survey, or you can go to bit.ly slash survey, and you will be able to take the survey there. And if you are listening to the show, that means you have found it. But if you want to tell others about this show, it is available on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Acast, Stitcher, Google Play Music, just about anywhere you can listen to podcasts except SoundCloud, you can listen to this podcast. So share it with a friend, share the show notes with them. They can listen directly on the website as well. And if you are on social media and you'd like to follow the show on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow the show at HowDoes underscore SheDoIt. And I post when the when new episodes come out and other, you know, kind of quotes and things like that from the episode. Or you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at TiffSouth, and that's Tiff with two Fs. And last but certainly not least, before we get into this week's Just My Thoughts, thank you for your five-star rating and reviews in the iTunes, or excuse me, in the Apple Podcast app. It's now been rebranded from Apple, from iTunes Podcast to now Apple Podcast. And if you have not had a chance to do so already, please go to the podcast app on your phone to leave me a five-star rating and review. And you can even do that while you're listening to this episode. So if you're on your iPhone or if you are listening on the computer, go to the uh, podcast section or to the, iPad, the Apple Podcast app, tap search, type in how does she do it in the search bar you'll see the show come up and then you can just uh, tap the show and then hit reviews and you will be able to write a review from there so thank you in advance for taking the time to do that and now let's move on to this week's just my thoughts Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share just my thoughts on current events, something that I've come across, a resource, an experience that I had. And I, when I first started the show, I spent a lot of time talking about current events um, in, in almost every Just My Thoughts segment. And I'm think I'm going to be moving away from that a little bit. And I'd actually like to hear just your thoughts about that. You send me a tweet, um, send me a message, send me an email, Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com because current events can be very depressing and they take a lot of, it takes a lot of energy out of you to um, pay attention to current events. And not to say that I don't know what's happening in the world, but enough people talk about those things and Unless there is something that I feel particularly, and I'm, I'm, let me not even say that. I am often particularly moved by something that is happen, happening in current events, but I don't know that I want to spend my energy talking about those things 
anymore. So that being said, Just My Thoughts is not going anywhere, but I want to kind of shift it in a direction that is more about the things that I am learning, the things that the resources that I'm finding that I think might be helpful to you, the books that I'm reading, the podcasts that I'm listening to, the audiobooks that I'm listening to, um, something that I heard about from a friend, like a, you know, a product or anything like that. So I want to shift in that direction a little bit. So I hope that you'll bear with me. If you have thoughts about that, hit me up on Twitter at Tiff South, on Instagram at Tiff South. How does she do it? Um, you know, the social media for the podcast as well, or send me an email, Tiffany at how does she do a podcast.com. But so shifting from where just my thoughts is coming from to where it is now this week, I want to talk a bit about, um, I'm going to say this is the, what I'm reading edition of just my thoughts. And I just finished a book and I'm, I think I might have mentioned me reading this book in a, in a past episode, but Tiffany Dufu, who is the chief leadership officer for Levo League, which is a website that is dedicated to progressing the careers of millennial women, wrote a book called Drop the Ball. And this book is, it was so good. And it is, I recommend it, number one, to anybody who is, if you're single, you're married, you're dating, man, woman, have children, have plants, you know, whatever this, whatever your life situation is, because what I think the book talks about more than what it, what it, the message that it left with me is about the way that society shapes our individual standards and expectations around how we move and show up in our work and personal life every day and the expectations that we place on ourselves and then how that then impacts the way we think we should work or the way that we think we should run our home or the way that we think we should exercise or anything like that. So I want, I'll post um, a few of her podcast interviews that she's done kind of since the book was released. And I want to just share three, three things that she shared in the book that I thought would be helpful because it's, they're basically about prioritizing your own happiness, despite the messages in that society tells us, um, you know, this no sleep team, no sleep and all this kind of stuff. That's not necessarily the best advice ever, but she shares three boundaries or rather barriers to happiness that I wanted to share with you just so you can look out for these own barriers in your own life. So the first one she shares is the idea of feeling culpable or guilty about what we do or don't do for others. And she talks about, and she, what I liked about the book is that she incorporates a lot of like social, social, um, like research and social science research in addition, that kind of supports some of the things that she's talking about. And this is the, around the idea of having to say sorry, or the fact that you think that we can't be happy and imperfect at the same time. So we just are trying to live these perfect lives that are polished and curated and look more, um, look more perfect than they actually are. She also talks about the, another barrier to happiness is how we don't honor the boundaries that we set for ourselves. So if that means, you know, maybe you don't actually go to sleep when you say you're going to sleep, you don't actually eat, don't eat the things that you say you're not going to, not going to eat. Um, but basically she just, she talks about treating yourself the way that you expect, others to treat you or the way that you want others to treat you. You have to treat ourselves that way as well. And then the last boundary to happiness, I keep saying boundary, barrier to happiness that she talks about is the lack of regular happiness habits. So not taking time and making, you know, doing intentional things that make you happy on your own. And so many of us move so quickly through our days 
through our weeks, through our weekends, that by the time we look up, we haven't actually taken time to replenish ourselves and recharge ourselves or do something that we just like to do because we like to do it, as opposed to doing things that are that are helping us avoid doing things that we don't want to do. So for example, sometimes watching television is an activity that it feels pleasurable, but it's often one of those things that we do to avoid doing things that we know that we need to do or things that we should be doing. So those are just things that I wanted to share from, um, from her book. There are so many other gems about marriage and about just like running your household and not, and not in a way that's like telling you what you should do, but just a, a per, a perspective from a woman who is very ambitious and also wants to be a very someone who runs her home as well. So take a look at the book. It's called Drop the Ball. It's available everywhere. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts, the What I'm Reading edition. For the main part of this episode, I want to talk about things that we have to stop believing or things that we no longer believe. And this topic came to mind because I am subscribed to the email list for Ramit Sethi, and he is a author started out kind of in the financial personal finance lane and has since shifted into thinking about and into helping people break through psychological barriers that relate to productivity, procrastination, helps people uh, think about how to start side hustles or how to generate income on the side. Uh, he is a, his website is great. His courses are great. I've taken a few of them. His email list is great, has really, really good information and is very, you can tell he puts a lot of time and effort into the value that he's trying to, to deliver to his audience. So I'll put a link to his site in the show notes. But he sent an email a few weeks ago that posed the question, what do you no longer believe? And when I thought about that, I was like, huh, we don't usually think about things that we no longer believe. We often spend our time and at least maybe our conscious energy talking about the things that we do believe. But what about the things that we don't believe anymore? What about the things that we have grown out of or the things that we held on to as beliefs that informed the way that we moved and showed up in the world? And so I'm going to share five things that I don't believe anymore and a counter belief and a new belief that has replaced that old belief. And so as I'm sharing these things, I want you to think about things that you no longer believe or if there are things that you still believe that you need to make an unbelief, so to speak, you need to stop believing that thing about yourself or about the world or about your relationship or about your job or about your finances. And I, I fully admit this is counterintuitive because we spend most of our time often thinking about or maybe not even aware of the things that we do believe, but we don't think about the things that we have shed, the beliefs that we have shed or the beliefs that we need to shed. So if you hear something in this episode that resonates with you, I want you to tweet me, use the hashtag, how does she do it? Follow me again on Twitter and Insta you can leave comments on Twitter and Instagram at Tiff South on Instagram and Twitter at how does underscore she do it. And I would love to hear from you. Use the hashtag, how does she do it? And let's get into these, into these no longer beliefs, if you will. Number one, I no longer believe that my external achievements 
define me or my value. And my new belief is that my value comes first from the fact that I'm a child of God. And second, my value comes from the way that I can positively contribute to the lives of others. So the thing that I no longer believe that my external achievements define me or my value, I spent so much, the vast majority of my life working to pursue education, right? I spent nine years in school straight to get these Ivy League degrees that I'm very grateful for. But that part of that was fueled by the idea that these things that I had, these degrees that are not even hanging on my wall because they're still in the envelopes that they gave them to me in defined who I was, that if I did not have these things or if I could not do these things and somehow I was less valuable, I was less important. And what I have come to learn is that my value is not because I, number one, I cannot take any of those things away with me. Right. And people who interact with me don't care about these external achievements, so to speak. They care about the way that I make them feel, right? That, and, and care in the sense that that is the thing that they will be taken, that they will take away from our interactions. And in thinking about the, the fact that my value comes first and foremost because I am a child of God, that is my, my belief that that fact alone means that I am worth it. We are all children of God. And so that doesn't mean my value is not more important than, than yours, but because we are all children of God, we have value in this life. We have value in this world. And then the way that we continue to live out that value is how do we contribute to others? How do we serve? How do we impact the lives of the people that are closest to us? Do we pour into them? Do we contribute to them? That is where my value comes from. So the new belief there is that value comes from knowing whose you are, right? Who you, who God is and who, what he thinks about you. And then knowing that you are, or working to continue to contribute to the lives of other people. Number two, I no longer believe that I have to do certain things or be a certain way to be loved. The new belief is that I deserve love, period, full stop. This belief comes, um, it's, a, it's very, even as I think about it, I'm like hesitating to say the things that informed this belief. But, and some of you, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you may know some of these things about me. But I grew up without my mother for several years in my childhood. And my mother was a drug addict and she was battling her addiction and voluntarily gave granted legal guardianship of me and my younger brother to my brother's paternal grandmother, who is the grandmother, my grandmother that I was raised with. And you probably will hear me refer to her from, from time to time and her many wisdoms and, um, and sense of humor. But at that time, I was five years old at the time that my um, that I went to live with my my grandmother. And what at the moment in the moment, I did not know it, this is all hindsight reflection that I realized these were the feelings that I had. But I always felt like I was out of place. I always felt like I had to earn the love of the family that I had now become a part of, partly because and I and I was also dealing with feeling like I was no longer loved because my mother left me. And that was the way that I 
perceived it and experienced it as a child. I know that my mother never stopped loving me. I know that now, but as a, as a child, that is not the thing that you, you, you don't understand that. And people will say it to you, but it still feels like if she loved me, then why isn't she, why is she no longer here? So I knew who she was and she was, and she was not there. And that kind of left this, this hole in my heart that made me feel like I have to work to be loved, that I did something that made her go away. And so that narrative played through so much of my life, um, until very recently, and I can't even say until because there are these kinds of things they kind of get baked into your into your subconscious, and you have to work very very hard to remember that the that that new belief that I talked about that I deserve love period that I am loved period, not that I have to do something to earn said love, and then this was you know kind of complicated by the relationship that I had with my stepfather who was, um, who abused me growing up. And that warped again, my sense of love, my sense of understanding what love meant and what that meant for the way people showed love to me and what I had to do to get or deserve love. And when I came to, as I, as I've grown up, um, you know, there is another, another layer, another layer of this. And the idea, like I I grew up in the church, I grew up, um, you know, going to church, grew up up Christian. And there was this understanding, at least that I perceived that in order to be loved by God, I also had to do something to earn his love. So I, again, thought that if I am not good, if I am not behaving in these kinds of ways, if I am not showing up at church every Sunday or doing these things, then God would not love me as much as he loves someone else. He would not bless me as much as he loves someone else. And all of those things are connected and related and have been since, since been dispelled by number one, the fact that I'm, I'm an adult and I've matured in a lot of, in, in many ways. I mean, not a lot because I'm still very immature in a lot of ways, but the idea that we as people don't have to do things to be loved by God. Number one, we don't have to earn love of people. We don't have to be good or enough or meet certain standards or expectations to be loved by people because we are loved, period, by God. And we are loved by people who care about us, who are in our families, even when they don't necessarily know how to show it, we are still, we are still and always loved. And one of the things that I've been very blessed to have, I've been able to have friends who have become family, who, who met me in the midst of some of the most emotionally low and complicated parts of my life and who loved me anyway, and who reminded me of who I was and that they would love me even when, and even because I was not perfect, even if I didn't always share things with them, even if I, you know, was more mean than I should have been or more sarcastic than I should have been or something. My, you know, my mom, you know, mothers, mothers are phenomenal people. My mother, if I told my mom today that I wanted to, to quit everything that I was doing to join the, to try and become a ballet dancer at 32 years old, my mother would 
love and support me no matter what, my family, my sisters. Like, so I say all that to say that no matter what you have been taught by the negative experiences that you've had, you do not have to earn love. You are loved, period. Believe that. And it doesn't always, it's something that sometimes I have to remind myself of, which kind of sounds a little crazy, but it's true. If you have to remind yourself of that fact, that's okay. But remind yourself and remind yourself and remind yourself and love yourself through that moment or those things that you're dealing with. So the takeaway belief is that you deserve love. I deserve love. You are loved. I am loved. We are loved. Number three, I no longer believe that I can eat whatever I want to eat whenever I want to eat it. My new belief is that when I eat the food that I eat and how much of the food that I eat matters. And this is a, it sounds silly, but (laughs) my metabolism has started to betray me. And if you've never seen pictures of me, most of my life I have been on the thin side. And I say on the thin side because everybody else has called me skinny, right? My grandmother used to call me olive oil. Um, I, or MAGA is a, is a Jamaican is patois for um, you, you mad skinny, like basically. And so lately I've been, I've gone to the, I've been going to the gym consistently for the fast, past uh, few years. I have put on muscle weight, but I have noticed a shift in certain parts of my body that I know are not coming from the gym. And that's because I'm the kind of person who is like, oh, well, if I'm going to the gym, that means I can eat whatever I want to eat. And once you hit 30, it's cute before 30. But that myth that not not myth that, uh, you know, that tale that your body starts to do different things after you turn 30. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, it is real. Okay, it is very, very real. And so I no longer believe that I can just go out and eat all of the things that I want to eat when I want to eat them because it will result in a reshaping of my midsection. And so and 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 so beyond that silliness aside, we live in a society that markets and manipulates the way that we believe food benefits our body, certain foods in particular. And I watched a, I've watched two documentaries on food that have kind of rocked me. And the one I watched last night, and maybe this is the recency effect, but it has, it has upset, it upset me. And this documentary is called What the Health? It is on Netflix. I'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. But basically the food industry and hopefully the feds aren't listening. Maybe the feds are listening and whatever. I don't care. But the food industry manipulates the American public. It it has its hands in different aspects of our government. And there's a lot of shady stuff going on when it comes to the types of food that we eat. And the idea, for example, that dairy, cow's milk, and cow products need to be a part of the human diet. Not true. Um, that... You know, and I'm not going to go into all of the science of it. I can't go into all the science of it. But the belief, the idea that I want you to take away is that be mindful of the things that you are putting into your body and how those things are impacting your health. And I think that because we have all been conditioned in by living in this society 
that certain types of foods are okay, we have to really start to question the sources of this information because there are companies that are quote unquote nonprofit organizations that are dedicated to eradicating certain health ills in our society that receive receive funding and are and sponsorships by the kinds of companies that are creating food that are not good for us. So with that, I recommend that you watch What the Health. I recommend that you do not take your body for granted and no longer believe that you can eat and do whatever it is that you want to do because it tastes good or because this is the way that it's always been done and I've never had a problem and da 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 There are people who, I'm going to actually do an episode um, with, uh, with, a very, with a friend of mine who has been on the podcast before to talk about the value of plant-based eating and again, not to tell you, not to tell you, you don't, you should never eat meat and not to tell you, you should never eat ice cream. I ate ice cream last night. But the fact of the matter is, is that we have to be more aware of what we're putting in our bodies and what the messages are that we are being, that we are being taught around the things that we should and should not be eating. So just think about your health and don't believe that you can just take your body for granted because you only get one. Number four, I no longer believe that people will change because I want them to. That's deep, right? The new belief is that people change when they are ready to change. And maybe that change will come after some major life experience happens for them. Maybe the change will happen as a result of no involvement from me or nothing that I did or didn't do. Um, and I'm okay with that now, but I am a fixer. I like to be involved in when I see someone who I know has a certain kind of potential. I see someone who has a need who I know is hurting in a certain kind of way. My goal is to like, I want to make people better. Like that's literally, that's the reason why I do this podcast. I share the things that I share. That's the reason why I do the things outside of work that I do because I, and even at work, because my goal is to make people better and, and to help them see their ability and their potential to be the very best version of themselves. And that's a little bit of projection because that is the way that I live my own life. That is the way that I, I am constantly working to make myself better in as many respects that I can. And so, but what I, what I recognized was that when I am imposing this desire to change on someone else, that's not going to make them change. And I can't make someone ready to, ready to, I can't make someone be ready for change if they're not ready for change. I can't, even if when I can see a challenge that someone is having, if that person doesn't see the challenge, that challenge within themselves, that's not my business. My job, your job, is to love people where they are. That is what I have learned about um, what I'm supposed to do. Love people where they are. And, and that's it. Change the expectation that you place on yourself that you are supposed to make people that if you don't do a certain type of thing, this person won't be better than where they are right now. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to help them when they ask for help, is to be there to support them, is to love them wherever they are. But it is not on you to make people want to be who they are not ready to yet be. And that goes for family members, that goes for romantic relationships, that goes for friendships. 
you have to let them be on their own journey and allow them to change when they are ready to change. And if they are not ready to change when you think that they should be, that's not a reflection on you, nor is it your responsibility to make them ready. So love them where they are and don't put that pressure on yourself about helping someone change when they're not ready to change. Number five, and this is the last one, I no longer believe beauty starts on the outside. The new belief is that when you love yourself, when you know your value, and you know that you are loved, that shows up in your physical appearance and in your physical beauty too. And this is a, goes back to, you know, the, the fact that I, when I was little, I would look around my family and saw that nobody quite looked like me. I was the darkest person in the family that I grew up in. Um, and I was like, why does people, they have different hair than I do. Their toes look different than mine. Their skin is lighter than mine. What is this about? And that caused me to, and I'm just like many people, right? We go through adolescence. So this is not necessarily unique to having a complicated childhood. We all go through those times in our lives, or some of us do, where we may not feel the prettiest or we may not feel the most handsome or we may not feel the best about what we look like or about our bodies. But it is that is not something that you can start on the outside with, right? Like we can't change our physical, too much about our physical appearance. You might be able to put on more muscles, lose some weight, you know, dress up, do your eyebrows, get your hair done, that kind of things. But even when you do that, some of the most beautiful, physically beautiful people in the world are internally ugly because they do not love themselves or because they do not recognize the value that they have. So, and what I have learned and I have seen this in my own life is that once I started to heal internally and, and recognize some of the mess and work through some of the muck that was going on in my own mind and how I felt about myself, I started to look at myself in the mirror differently. And so my physical appearance didn't physically change, but the way I walked in my beauty, the way I walked in my own skin shifted, and that shifts the way other people see you. So again, we see the way that, you know, we look at reality television and these are some of some of, you know, some handsome and you know beautiful people who are ugly who are ugly, not because they are physically ugly, but because of the, the things that are coming out of them, the way that they are treating other people, the way that they are treating themselves, make it hard to even look at them and watch, watch those souls personally. But so when you think about yourself, when you think about the things that you have to offer this world, the, and it, don't base it on the outside appearance, start with what's inside first. And that reflection, that the way that you shift your energy and your attitude towards how you feel about yourself will undoubtedly be, be reflected because I noticed even people were started to respond differently to me because I was carrying myself differently. So if you start Focus on the beauty that comes from within first. That external beauty will reflect that internal beauty and the internal value that you find and see within yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode about things that I no longer believe and that it got you to think about things that you no longer believe and the new beliefs that have replaced those old beliefs. And I actually want you to share with me 
what are the things that you no longer believe? And what is that new belief? And this, this is an exercise in you having to take time to reflect on the things that you used to think and now how you have grown, grown out of those things. Because in doing this, in coming up with these five points, what I was able to do was to see where I have grown and to see where I still have growing to do, but to see how far I have come. And I want you to be able to recognize that for yourself because so often we are so caught up on the fact that we haven't gotten to a certain place, a desired place in our journey, that we forget about the progress that we have actually made. So this is a great exercise in in thinking about and in recognizing the progress that you've made on your own journey. And it's not to say that you're done growing, it's not to say that I'm done growing, but it's to say that where I am now is not where I used to be. Thank God for that. So let me know some of those things that you no longer believe If you are tweeting while you're listening to the episode, use the hashtag, how does she do it? Send me an email, Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You can leave a comment at Tiff South or at how does underscore she do it. And I would love to hear from you. And I think that you might be surprised how some of the new beliefs that you have might encourage somebody else in the things that they currently believe and change the way that they believe certain things. Thank you again for listening to episode 43 of How Does She Do It? We are about to wrap things up, but before we go, I want to read a five-star rating that we received in the Apple Podcast store and app, and it says, A Godsend. This is from N. Oyedele. I am so glad that this podcast exists for those of us who are just getting adjusted to quote unquote adulting. This podcast is inspirational, encouraging, and relevant. Add this to your playlist. You won't regret it. Thank you so very much for that rating and review. And if you haven't had a chance to do so already, you can leave a rating and review in the Apple podcast app. You can just go to the app, search for how does she do it, tap when it comes up and then hit write a review and then you will be on your way. You can also leave a rating and review in any other podcast app that you listen to this podcast on. So if you're listening on Overcast, Stitcher, you can leave a review on the website if you're listening at HowDoeSheDoItPodcast.com. But before I go, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to listen, for continuing to reach out. If you have a topic suggestion, if you have thoughts about beliefs from this episode, if you have thoughts about future shows, send me an email, Tiffany at HowDoeSheDoItPodcast.com. I'd love to interact with you uh, on social media and I have some great things coming up over the next several weeks if you are listening to this at all the way at this point in the episode I appreciate you for listening to that but in next week episode I'll be making a special announcement about something that I'm working on so please make sure you tune in subscribe share tell a friend to tell a friend and until next time be blessed and be a blessing peace